0: Welcome to the Social Media Marketing
1: Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelsner. Hello, hello,
0: hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Michael Stelsner, and this is the podcast for marketers and for business owners who want to know what really works with social media. This is one of those shows you're going to want to listen to. Today, I'll be joined by John Hayden. He's the author of Facebook Marketing for Dummies. We're going to explore why Facebook engagement is so important and how to better engage your fans. I'm also going to share a awesome Facebook marketing discovery, which will be really valuable if you have a blog. Now, on to that really cool discovery that I wanted to share with you. After introducing a vegetarian diet to piranhas, look what Michael Stelzner discovered. Are you looking for a great way to integrate Facebook into your blog? Facebook has actually built a plugin for WordPress that allows you to do some really cool things. And I've just recently stumbled upon it. And I want to share a little bit more about it with you. You can find it at WordPress.org plugins Facebook. Here's how we use it at Social Media Examiner. When you first install the plugin, uh, it shows up in your sidebar and you've got all these options. And one of them is called General and it asks you for app ID and you can just ignore all that. Uh, But the really cool stuff is it integrates a like button, a send button, and a follow button. And each of these has its own custom integration. So what this means is you can, for example, put a like button at the top of an article, a send button at the bottom. You can add a follow button. the way we're using it is we have, we're using the like button functionality. What I like about this plugin, this is perhaps the best one that I've seen to do this. What it allows you to do is it allows you to um, have people like your content, but it also allows you to show the names of other people that have liked your content and their faces. And you know, there's been plugins in the past that have done this, but they they've kind of lost a lot of their functionality. This one is really awesome. So the way we use it at Social Media Examiner, if you visit Social Media Examiner and you scroll down the homepage, you'll see that we've embedded this at the bottom of each one of the little, you know, uh, let's see, how do I describe this? Um, there's a little like summary of each post, and then you click in to read it. So at the bottom of the summary on the right, we have the number of comments. On the left, we have a button that says "Continue Reading," and underneath that, we have the like button. But we're not really expecting people to click the like button. This is more of a share, uh, a social proof mechanism. So, for example, it'll say like um, 623 people like this, and you like it, and your friend Joe likes it. And this just is another piece of social proof that allows someone to easily like say, huh. Look at all these people that have liked this. I recognize maybe some of my friends. I'm going to click the continue reading button. Now, we also embed it at the bottom of each post. Now, the reason we do that is, is also for the mobile integration because we use Dig Dig as our social plugin, uh, which floats along the sidebar. But I really like uh, Dig Dig, does not do this. I really like the fact that this shows faces and names. So um, there's a lot of different things you can do with this. You can choose to only show it on your homepage. You can choose to show it on your posts, your archive pages, which are you know like uh, your category pages. You can choose to not show faces. You can add the send button. You can change the word like to the word recommend. You can change the color. You can change the font. It's pretty slick, but I will tell you, it's not perfect. Um, One of my beefs with this thing is that everything is left justified. It doesn't give you the option to right justify it. So I had to kind of, you know, figure out the best way to use this. But I think this is worth experimenting with for sure on your blog, if for nothing more than adding the social proof mechanism at the, the bottom of the summary that you have on the homepage for each one of your blog posts. I hope you find this valuable. If you miss the URL, don't worry about it. You can find it at the show notes, and I'll tell you how to get there a little bit later. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. So with that, let's transition over to today's interview on Facebook engagement. Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this
1: week's expert guide.
0: I'm very excited to be joined today by John Hayden. If you don't know who John is, he's the author of Facebook Marketing for Dummies, and his business is Inbound Zombie, a consultancy focused on small and mid-sized nonprofits. And a little known fact that you may not know about John is he's also a vocal musician, so be sure to check him out on iTunes. John, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Michael.
0: I'm not going to ask you humbled. to sing, but I'm not going to ask you to sing unless you really want to. <laughs> no, no,
1: no. You go on, go on iTunes and listen to it.
0: Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> so today, John and I are going to explore Facebook engagement tactics along with a little bit of Facebook analytics. And the, and the reason I wanted to go on Facebook engagement is because everybody talks about the word engagement, but you know, they almost, it's almost become a word like communications, John, where it's just so overused. And I I think we've lost a little bit about what it means. So why don't you first tell me, you know, why engagement is so important in your, in your opinion?
1: Well, um, so, engagement from a Facebook perspective, as most people know, it's really just like, comment, and share. It's not reach. It's not people looking at photos. In my book, I define engagement as like, comment, and share because that's what really matters. And in my experience working with Facebook, and again, I work with nonprofits, so it's slightly different from the for-profit world. And we could talk about those differences, too. But... Um, in, in the work that I do, I focus, I really encourage an organization to work with their existing community and get their existing community talking about them. This is basically word of mouth, is, is kind of how I think about engagement as it pertains to Facebook.
0: Okay, so let's explore this like, comments, and share. So what I hear you saying is that when you put a Facebook update out there, um The fans, when they like the update, when they comment on the update, when they share the update, they are participating in in, in engagement is what you're saying. But when I think of engagement, John, I think about people communicating with people, but you're really talking about people communicating with updates in this particular case. Is that correct?
1: Well, actually, yeah, a little bit. um, Let me just modify that a little bit. When I said um, getting your community to talk about you, what I meant is having your current customers or donors engage with the content on your Facebook page you know, or that you publish in the newsfeed. Most of it is all in the newsfeed anyhow. And when those people talk about that content, their friends, you know, the birds of a feather, they see that content. And then that's exposure, increased exposure for the for the organization or for the business. But it does start, in my, in my experience, it starts with like getting your current people, the people who already love you, getting those people to engage first.
0: Talk to me about the impact of... Um of other, your friends engaging and showing up in the newsfeed, because I don't think a lot of people understand how this works. For example, I was on Facebook. Oh gosh. Um, within the last week, I mean, I'm on there every day, but in the last week I saw two of my friends commenting on someone else's post mm-hmm. and I was not following that other person, but for whatever reason, it showed up in my newsfeed and brought it to my attention. So can you kind of explain the newsfeed impact on engagement and how that can help a business?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Facebook's goal as a business, and, and I feel like for marketers, it's really important to take off their marketer hat and put on the Mark Zuckerberg hat and, fee, and, and think, how can I make as much money as possible from this thing? Because that's, that's really what's behind Facebook because now that they're a public company, you know, I mean, the money is pretty, pretty important for them. Right. So they um, will, their revenue increases as they get more engagement. Right, Because so, that just increased page views. Right, The more their Facebook users are more engaged, the more ads they can sell. Mm. And the whole thing goes from there. Um, so, But they also have to strike, strike a balance between the advertisers and Facebook users. So Facebook users would never use Facebook if they just saw gunk in their news feed that was totally useless. So as you know, and as you discussed in the podcast with Amy, which I, I recommend people should go back and listen to that podcast with Amy Porterfield, there's this algorithm that Facebook has developed called, um, well, it used to be called EdgeRank. I still call it that. Who cares? It's just a word. But it is an algorithm that de- determines um, whether a specific update will show up in a specific uh, Facebook user's newsfeed. So I'm a fan of Social Media Examiner. I like, comment, and share stuff from your page often. So I see your content in my newsfeed because Facebook is assuming, geez. John's pretty active with this page. Let's keep giving John the good stuff from this page.
0: Gotcha. Now, um, let's talk about the flip side of engagement, which let's put ourselves in the position of the, community man- the Facebook community manager, the social person who's managing a Facebook page. Um, so many businesses simply post something up on Facebook, and then they just kind of exit stage left. Um, mm-hmm. Is there something that the uh, Facebook page manager ought to be doing to be spurring engagement? Should we also be engaging? Or said another way, should we just let people walk in the store and stand behind the cash register?
1: Yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. So, Um, You said before, just a few minutes ago, you said, you know, most people, most businesses kind of post something and then they walk away. And I feel like we need to change that word, like in the industry. I know it's never going to happen, but in my ideal world, we're calling it planting. Because when you plant something, like a bush, you have to stick around and take care of it. So, Mm -hmm. for example, if you post an update on a Facebook page... And you want to pay attention to how that's performing. If people are commenting, liking, and sharing, you want to be involved in that thread, in that comment thread, because as Amy said, actually on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, uh, the more that people pay attention or the more that people are in- notice that you're sticking around, the more they're going to be willing to continue to engage with your content. So that's a small piece of it is the community management. But it's really, I think community management on Facebook comes down to really measuring what's performing well and what's performing not so well or identifying the best performing content and tweaking and experimenting to optimize how you're posting the the different topics times that you're posting and all that stuff and what's brilliant about facebook as you know is that there's an incredible analytics tool that comes with it where we can measure all this stuff right behind a facebook page so it's it's pretty. And, I don't know if that's getting at your question. No, no, that's I, good. I and we're going to get
0: back to that measurement thing in, in a few minutes here. But, um, you know, one of the things that we, we, we do here at Social Media Examiner and uh, Deb Ng is our community manager is um, we notice that um, when, we actu- when someone leaves a comment on a, a post that we do and we actually reply to it. Um, it does a couple things. First of all, it engenders them to our brand, right? Because they're like, "Wow, someone from the brand is actually interacting with me." But secondly, I think you hit on a key point here. It looks really good to the to the other people that are not commenting, right? Because they're like, "Wow." not only is this brand posting a Facebook update to something that is interesting to me, but they're actually out there interacting with people. Mm -hmm. And I think, I don't know if that actually has any impact on the newsfeed, but I do think from a marketing perspective, it's just smart marketing. What are Mm -hmm. your thoughts?
1: Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that because Facebook just um, made another tweak in the newsfeed that actually will bump up Content that a user may have previously commented on. So let's say that I comment on a post from Social Media Examiner, you know, and then it disappears in the newsfeed, of course, because it's gone by. And I'm interacting with my interacting with my friends, and someone else comes along, and there's a lot of comments on that post as well. Particularly if they're from friends of mine that are commenting on that, Facebook will um, essentially serve that item up in the newsfeed and highlight the comment. So that's that's something that's coming down the pipe, but that is a a tweak. Yeah. And that's the news feed. That's really speaking to that.
0: It sounds like that might be story bump. And I don't know if that is exactly what it is, but you know, from a, from a marketer's eye, I think that it would be really smart to, if someone leaves a comment, maybe ask a question that would spur more comment. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. And that could just allow dialogue to go on and on and on. Like, I'll tell you a funny example. Um, I'm forgetting who posted it. Um, but it was a, about six months to a year ago, uh, I think it was Peter Shankman. He said, the last person who leaves a comment down here will win something, you know? And it never ended. (laughs) Of course, of course it never ended. It was a silly trick, but you know- (laughs) Brilliant, I'm gonna use that. (laughs) It (laughs) never ended. So, okay, so uh, take home message for all of you that are listening. If you're not actually out there watching what people are saying and interacting with them, then you really are not only, you know, potentially um missing uh, true kind of social activity with your fans but you're also potentially missing the opportunity to be seen by future fans that's what i hear yeah. you saying
1: and, and just to reinforce that michael uh or do you like mike or michael uh, either
0: matter. one it's, it's all good okay.
1: perfect all right um you know, so I've actually worked with hundreds of nonprofits in a v- variety of degrees around Facebook and and the trend that I noticed, the consistent thing that I noticed is that the nonprofits that actively go in and are present in their community, replying, liking, sharing, calling out props, giving attention to people and really appreciating their community, those uh, organizations have a much higher engagement rate than the ones that just post something and walk away. I mean, I noticed that across the board. That's a constant that's almost like a, a competency that a good business on Facebook has is they pay attention, they show up, they get involved, they reply to comments. Let's let's
0: talk about this talking about you metric a little bit because, um, you know, um, do you understand how it's calculated and what it means? Can you explain it to folks?
1: Yeah. So talking about this is is essentially a um, anything in anything that a Facebook user does that creates a story in their newsfeed for their friends to see. Okay, so if I share something, and, and all these things that you do that where you're talking about it. So let me, let me just give you a couple of examples. So if I like a page that's talking about this, if I um, RSVP to an event that that face has that that page has published, that's talking about this. If I rec- if I tag that page. Or if I tag that page in a photo or even mention it in a status update, that counts as talking about this. All of these actions put content into the news feed of that user's friends so that they become aware. It's really what what you might call viral reach. It creates viral reach. Anything that creates viral reach is what, t- what talking about this is.
0: Oh, very, very okay. interesting. So, and, and I would imagine what it does is... Um, it, it, it does allude, I mean, it sounds like it's people, right? So if I do five things, I would imagine it's just one person, right? So like if you're talking about this number is 4,000, does that mean 4,000 people are talking about it in some way, shape, or form, or does that mean 4,000 actions have happened? Do you know?
1: No, no, those are people, yeah, actually. That, when you look good. at the talking about this number, it is the number of people talking about the page. And it depends upon what report you look at, but it's either um, you know, for seven days or 28 days or gotcha. it depends upon the report, you know. But, it, but it's always referring to the number of people.
0: Now um we're talking about Facebook engagement and I'm sure that you have lots of interesting stories that you could share. Um I'd love to hear a few examples of um of things that you've seen done on Facebook that are that are interesting and create a lot of engagement. Can you share any of your thoughts or ideas
1: on this? Yeah. Um I have two two really great examples. Um one Probably about three years ago, I started working with this organization called the Brain Aneurysm Foundation. They're in Massachusetts, and they deal with brain aneurysm. You, you know, we all know what that is. And they their problem was that they were doing Facebook completely upside down. And then we did a lot of work to you know create a page and get them off to a, a good start. But what was interesting is that the strat- the strategic approach that we had about the content was we want people to express who they are. That's, that's where we started. We said, we know a lot of people who have been affected by brain aneurysm. This is very important. People are passionate about it. People are suffering about it. People have great stories to share. Let's tap into that and really encourage that to come out onto the page. So the first, one of the first posts that they published was, you know, if you had a friend that found out that they had a brain aneurysm, what would be the number one tip? What would be your number one tip? Mm. You know, it's so specific, such a specific question. And then there were a few other updates like that. And then now their Facebook page, it's ma- mostly post by others. Mostly people come from nowhere and say, I had a brain aneurysm 10 years ago. I'm so glad you guys are around. And they have a private community that people can join that's, you know, it's not Facebook, but it's something else. But their page, they that the, that's the approach that they've had, and it's worked really well.
0: Well, let's dissect that a little bit because I think that's so smart. And I saw, I've seen uh, Petco do this with uh, take a picture of your pet and stick it up on our on our page. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. everybody yeah. that's passionate about something wants to share it with with others. Um, so did that did that uh, strategy work? Did they get a lot of people commenting? Did they see a lot of uptick in their engagement?
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and and. But then, their next problem was, well, how do we translate that into email subscribers or donors or people creating peer to peer fundraising page? you know mm-hmm. that kind of that was their next problem that we started working with and if we can talk about that if you want, yeah, to. yeah,
0: I mean, and you know, I'll just tell you logically what comes into my mind if you've got all these people contributing these ideas, why not collate that into an ebook or something? And maybe, yeah. maybe that's what they did. But yeah, how did they? Let's talk about that a little bit. Like, um, you know, you get engagement and you want to take some of that engagement off of Facebook. How in the world mm-hmm. did they go about doing that?
1: Yeah. So what they had is they had a, um, they had, they use what's called peer-to-peer fundraising where I can create a fundraising page to raise money for the Brain Anderson Foundation in honor of a loved one or someone or a survivor. Oh. Okay. So they have this whole thing set up. And they knew that they had a lot of engagement. So we felt like, how can we take advantage of this? Obviously, people are really passionate. They want to share. They have stories. So we created a a Facebook app that allowed people to post a memorial or uh, (laughs) basically a photo with a quote. You know, here's a picture of my my mom and she died of an aneurysm here's a picture of my aunt and she's she's learning how to ride the bike again she's recovered from a brain aneurysm. here's her story so these people naturally they're telling stories already right let's not come at them with something totally different say let's do a free ipad giveaway no (laughs) we wanted to say let's get them involved in a way that they're going to be passionate about now in that case we didn't really have an incentive because we felt that the incentive to participate was was good enough emotional yeah yeah, emotional. So, the, so the, um, the, the problem that we had with this whole idea was this. Okay, we have people like comment and sharing. Anybody can do that. And then on the other end of the spectrum, we have people creating a peer-to-peer fundraising page. That's a pretty serious commitment. That's probably the highest level of engagement in this organization, right? So how do we have them cross that bridge? And again, this Facebook app, had them just upload a photo and do make a little comment. And then after they did that, they were prompted to share with their friends. They were sh- shared that Memorial with their friends and start a peer to peer fundraising page. Well, how does that you
0: connect know? to the email? I'm sure a lot of people are wondering, like, cause you know, uh, was the goal to get, didn't you say earlier that you're trying to get their email?
1: Yes. So in uploading their photo and creating a memorial, you know, right. uh, a, vir- a virtual memorial, their email was acquired in the process. And we used an app called ShortStack, which I love ShortStack. And so we just really just created almost like a photo contest without voting. Oh,
0: I see. Through, just enter, enter your email. Gotcha. And yeah. then with that email, they can communicate with people off of Facebook, letting them know about, you know, this, this, this campaign that they're doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the interesting thing about email, Michael, not, uh, not to go too far off track, but. Um, I don't know how it is in the for-profit world, but in in the nonprofit world, the the number one uh, the number one media that converts donors and volunteers and subscribers is email, hands down. You know, so email converts. You know, I think that's what the whole nonprofit tech community is learning. Oh, email is really where the money hits the road, where people pull out their credit card and they're going to make a donation. Facebook, not so much. And um, I don't know if we're gonna talk about this but the biggest mistake that i see organizations make is that they say oh well you can't make money from facebook no one wants to donate no one does this no one does that but you have to understand the path to bring people down almost like a stairway of engagement like you know led zeppelin stairway to heaven stairway to engagement I you have to kind of lead people along a bridge to where you want them to go now obviously not everybody's going to go down whatever path you set up but um, the 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 you know they engage people well. Yeah,
0: let's talk about this a little bit because I'm just going to give you some of my thoughts on this. Um, it's true that it's much harder, and we found this to be the case um, with Social Media Examiner for our conferences, for example. It is very, very hard to get someone on Facebook to buy something. But I'll tell you what it is very, very good at. What it's very, very good at is, um, is developing loyal evangelists for whatever it is you have and the the path to becoming the path to getting a like is effortless, right? You can put a like box mm-hmm. on the sidebar of your website, and someone can click on it and and never ever remember they clicked on it. So mm-hmm. it's it, there's almost it's almost frictionless, effortless. Um, but the point here is that once they start engaging with your content, once they start sharing your the content with their friends, all of a sudden they're now putting a foot out. Excuse me. Making an investment in your brand and sharing your stuff. And in our case, our stuff is links to our articles, or it's a graphic that we posted, or maybe it's our event. And the ripple effect of this is you get hundreds of thousands, or tens of thousands, or even hundreds, depending on how size, how big your your, your, you know your following is, of people that are evangelizing for you. And you know, Mm -hmm. normally in the olden days, John, we had to pay for that. You had, oh, yeah. radio, you had to pay radio, you had to pay print, you had to pay television. So, so the idea here of engagement to sale, it's not necessarily, it's a dotted line, right? Mm. And in the end, it's really about um, having loyal fans that keep getting closer and closer. And maybe it starts with Facebook and then maybe it moves to email and then maybe they buy something small and before you know it, they love you and they're telling all their friends about you. And that's the path. And that's the part that a lot of people don't understand that come from mm. traditional marketing. And it's a part that, you know, a lot of the newer folks in social media don't understand why there's any sales connection at all. Because, you know, social is not necessarily sale. They're
1: very different mm. things. So I'm curious yeah. what your thoughts are on that. think I think we could finish the podcast. I mean, you've hit the nail, right? I'm telling you, hit the nail right on the head. Facebook is a massive word of mouth machine. That's basically all it is, right? And what you're saying is that Facebook is a tool that you guys use to get your fans, your community talking about you with their friends and exposing your brand to more and more people over time, right? Absolutely. That's what you're saying. So at the beginning of this podcast, I said that my approach or my model or my way of thinking about this whole thing is to start with the existing community, the people that are already sold. And in my work, I, I say to nonprofits, let's start with your email list, your donor, your donor database, your volunteer database. What can we do for these guys to get them amped up and have them talk about your, your cause, your organization with their friends in a way that's natural and meaningful and useful to them? That's a hard thing to do, but that's, I think that's the direction that, that that's the best approach in my experience. That's
0: awesome. So, yeah. um, let's, let's dig into some tactics here. Um, yes. Cause a lot of people are probably right. All right. I, I'm sold. Give me some, <laughs> some tips or ideas or things that I should be doing in order to, um, facilitate some engagement, um, on Facebook, because obviously a lot of people are just saying buy my stuff and that doesn't yep. work. So what are some of the things that they could be doing?
1: Well, actually, buy my stuff doesn't work at all. I mean, we, 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 it, we, yeah, there we, should not we be both another We both know that. <laughs> yeah. And, ac- and hopefully, most people out there that have a business know that. I mean, if you, if a person owns a business and they're not doing research on how Facebook is impacting their business, they're not going to be in business for that long. So, hopefully, everybody's listening to this is, is, is in business and they're happy. And we all understand that, um, that we have to understand how Facebook works for our own business and how that might apply. Okay, um, now that said, in terms of starting, where I start, I always follow the post method. You've heard of this, I'm sure. Forrester Research came up with this idea called the post method for social media P, people, start with your people. O, objectives. Okay, well, now that you understand your people, what are you going to give to them that's valuable, and how is that also going to achieve your own business results, right? And then strategy. Okay, well, strategy is really the value exchange. What are we going to get in exchange for the action or the money that we're we're, um, asking from them? And then T is tactics. Then, okay, let's think about doing, you know, this type of campaign. And we're going to post these photos and we're going to reply to all the comments. And we're going to retweet the high performing posts on Facebook. That's where the tactics come in. Well,
0: let's dig into the tactics a little bit. Yeah, let's do it. <coughs> Excuse me. What, um, what are some of the tactics that, that, that you have been employing for some of your clients that, that work well?
1: So here's an interesting thing. So I, I actually have what I'm calling the Facebook boot camp, and it's, it's basically an online course that I do. And, uh, and I get feedback from people. Hey, what's working? What's not? And this is, you know, based on what I'm teaching in the bootcamp because I want to find out how I can refine the material over time. Um, but what I'm finding is consistent comments. Some organizations I work with, they say, oh, you know what? We weren't really posting every day. Now we're posting at least once a day. And I say, "You, my rule, post once a day. If you're not posting once a day right now, you ha- you're you missing out. You have to start that rhythm, that daily rhythm. And that's fine. And the research shows that, you know, one to five updates a day is kind of what you need to get that exposure, but at least one. And again, I work with small organizations, small, small businesses, the same thing. They have very little resources and time, but I say the, 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 the least is once a day, period, no discussion. That's my rule.
0: Agree. So what kinds of things, um, what kinds of things are people posting in order to maximize their engagement?
1: So here's uh, another interesting story. So I had uh, one organization that was posting just photos of of a woman, okay, and maybe her name or something like that. And then she started telling a little bit of a story about that woman over time. So then she would take, you know, different pictures of this woman doing different things, and she would talk about that woman and thread together all of these updates. So there's an overarching story. There's much more... Um, oh. Much more meat in that update, and that was the one thing that she did. And I've noticed that. So it's not, you know, when we read Facebook blogs and all this stuff, Facebook marketing blogs, we see, we always see, oh, photos are the best. Post the photos. Forget about links. Post the photos. You know, and there's always this argument, what what performs best. But more importantly, is the story. So uh, some tactical examples about stories, you know, for photos is when you share a photo. Make sure it has more than one person in it doing something, okay? Those will get more of a, a reaction than simply a bunch of people standing shoulder to shoulder smiling nicely,
0: right? Okay, interesting. So
1: the stories are really what, what in my work, what I see consistently, that's a theme, right? The other thing is questions. So the brain, uh, first of all, people that use Facebook, i.e. all human beings on the planet, <laughs> um... Uh, you know, they, well, not really all human beings on the planet, but. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, Most of us, nearly all of us,
0: everyone listening here for sure.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, so most Facebook users, they're not there to do work. They don't want to do homework. They don't want to have to think they want to connect with their friends, you know, blow off some boredom or whatever, blow off steam or, or connect with people and express who they are. And that's it. It's basic, basically about friends. So um, if you post a text update that asks, Someone, you know, hey, what? You know, what do you think about this idea? It's an open question. Less people are going to respond, and uh, closed questions are the way to go, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, there's tons of research on this. But another thing is closed questions: yes or no, true or false, fill in the blank. When you post questions like this, and and less than 80 characters, you know, keep it short, sweet, and concise. Um, <clears throat> you you take advantage of the brain's autocomplete feature. You know, let me ask you, let me ask
0: you a question. then. that's not really, that's this isn't. So um, I buy what you're saying that questions are really, really valuable because they spur people to want to put a reply. Um, So for those people that are listening that are posting an update, like a link to an article um, or a blog post that they've done or something, does it make sense to include a question? And if they should include a question, like let's say that we posted something about Facebook Analytics today, um, would it make sense for us to say, "Do you use do you use Facebook Analytics?" And if so, would it make sense for us to start with that question or hmm. end with that question? I'm curious what your thoughts are.
1: That's a great question. Well, um, I feel it's it's if and we're using the example of a blog post. Yep. In in our, in our example here, so as much as you can, I, I always recommend taking out a piece of that blog post that's, that's usable, that's shareable on Facebook, that, that actually is valuable as a standalone piece of content, the Facebook update itself. And so, so you're right, you might want to ask a question. You know, and I like multiple choice questions and then giving people the answers. Okay. You know, how often do you use Facebook insights? Question mark New line once every day. N- n- new line number two um uh, you know a b or c and just give them the choice and, that, that and that at the end make. of it
0: have a link to the article
1: yeah and then just say more here and that's it but what's interesting yeah then you could say more here and then link to the article interesting face yeah yeah so that so that'll create uh, a lot of
0: engagement true. it'll probably create a lot of sharing and um for sure and in, and in the end, that's, in, yeah. I mean, and
1: I think let me, this- Let me tell you that.
0: Yeah, go ahead. The,
1: the, 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 the defaults or what's most common is that somebody will just auto post their blog posts on, face, on the Facebook page. And that tends to get the least engagement because the links aren't really as powerful. Links on, on Facebook aren't as engaging as photos, for example, or a text update. Text updates tend to have more reach. Um, <clears throat> so if you're posting just a link, it's not really going to perform that well anyhow. Gotcha. I mean, if, when was the last time you commented on a link or liked a link or shared a link that you saw in the newsfeed? You know, most of the time we click on the link and that's not really using Facebook for what it's meant to uh, be used for, which is to get people talking and sharing and liking, and commenting on the content. Upstairs. That's why I like the idea of a standalone thing, like an infograph, like a little infograph or a little slice of the, an image or something like that, that has value in and of itself. Then people share that. They may not have time to read the whole article. But yeah, that piece of content, that was really useful. I'm going to share this with my friends.
0: Um, I want to get back to what we talked about very early in the discussion, which was metrics. A lot of people listening right now are probably saying to themselves, well, I'm willing to experiment with these things, but how do I know if they're working? So this is where the Facebook analytics and metrics come in. Can you talk a little bit about what people should be looking for in their metrics and what kind of insight they can gain from that?
1: Okay, so um, I'm going to answer this question for the typical small business person who's just so busy, they don't know much about Excel and all this stuff. Um, <clears throat> the way the, the, the problem is, this is what we're really trying to answer, what is my best content? Because obviously, I want to know what that is, I want to know what gets more likes, comment shares, and how I can get more of the same. That's that's really the business problem, I think. So if, if when you go to your Facebook page, you look at insights, and I always, you know, if that's the issue... I say, look, go to the posts report, and then you know at the bottom of that page you see all your most your most recent posts, okay, and then what I um, you know encourage people to do is there's a filter you can basically look at this uh, uh, metric called uh, engagement rate, okay, and so engagement rate for people who that don't know it's basically the percent of people that saw an update that actually liked, commented on it, shared it, or clicked on it in some way. And then, you, can of course, with, ins- with Insights, you can actually filter down to just um, likes, comments, and shares.
0: Okay, so what I hear you saying is look at the engagement rate for every single one of your posts and experiment with your posts so that you can see what your audience seems to be more engaged with, and then you can go ahead and do more of those kinds of things and less of the kinds of things that don't seem to get the engagement. I mean, is that the gist of what you're saying?
1: Exactly, and there are great tools out there like Agora Pulse. I love because they show this information so quickly and so easily. Post Planner has a pretty decent analytics tool, but but right in Insights, if you can just rank this data. It it it's a you know you, it's very buggy. Let me just put that, you know, say that the report when you rank data, it's a little buggy. I always export the data. Um, so if, for those of, if we want to get into more of an advanced analytics discussion, we could certainly do that. Um, but, I, but I often find myself exporting the data and looking at it. But what you want to do is you want to essentially find out the magic number is really engagement rate. How many people saw the update? That's one thing. Who cares about that? Of those people, who actually liked, commented, and shared? Or how many, I should say? How many? What's the percent? What's the ratio? The higher the ratio... Uh, that's basically a hint, a huge hint, like a big stamp on the forehead, that that content is good. That's good stuff.
0: And I would imagine you can just ex- uh, import these things into Excel and then just run some some more complicated uh, data analysis with Excel. Is that generally what you're doing?
1: Exactly, yeah. There's a report. Uh, you click on export data. There's an export data button, and then you select post-level data, and it will give you more information than you would ever even want to see. But you can... <laughs> Uh, you know, look at, of people, here's what I tend to do, this is what I prefer. I look at, of the people that I reach who are fans, I want to see, of those people, who's liking, commenting, and sharing, okay? Because to me, the real core people that I need to satisfy are the people that consistently like, comment, and share, which I'm assuming probably have liked the page. So that's I'm kind of making it a more strict um, analysis to just limit it to people who have liked the page,
0: so, John we have discussed a lot today about the you know what Facebook engagement is we've talked about some examples uh, we've talked about how you can actually track and and measure what is working um, if, if if there's one message that you want people that are listening right now to take home about Facebook engagement what is that message
1: um, give people something to talk about I mean it, it's it's a very very hard thing to do but don't Post just stuff about you. Don't treat Facebook as a free email list because it's not. Um, you have to treat it like, you know, be, be useful. Uh, probably my, my biggest, latest tip is go out and buy Jay Bear's utility which right. is a perfect book, discusses this issue right down at the core. But I feel, you know, Facebook is really changing how marketers approach things. And that's why marketers are having a hard time, because they're so used to just pushing stuff out there. Now they actually have to listen and pay attention and get to know their people. Oh, God forbid, you know, they have to do that now. And that's what's required to be done. You have to understand your people, mm-hmm. then reply and give them something that's about them. The whole what's in what's in it for me is is all Facebook. What's in it for me? Facebook. You know, people are selfish by nature, you know. So I think, you know, that's the big thing is really think about your customers first. What do they want? What's going to get them talking? Certainly, if you haven't liked the Social Media Examiner Facebook page, you have to. It's a tremendous example of, of uh, you know, best practices for sure.
0: John Hayden, thank you so much. And by the way, folks, it's H-A-Y-D-O-N. He is the author of Facebook Marketing for Dummies. Be sure to go out and grab his book. I have my own copy sitting right next to me right now. John, um, where can folks learn more about you if they want to discover more about you?
1: They can visit my website, johnhayden.com. And again, H-A-Y-D-O-N. And then also I'm John Hayden on Twitter. And then on Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash inbound zombie.
0: Awesome. Uh, John, really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to share some of your insights with us today.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: Well, I hope you got a lot out of that interview with John. I know that we talked about a lot of different things that will hopefully take your Facebook marketing to the next level. Uh, The show notes. If you heard anything mentioned in today's podcast and you didn't write it down or missed it, don't worry. We took all the notes for you. Socialmediaexaminer.com slash 72. We'll get you right there. One last thing, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while and you've not yet had a chance to do so, can you head over to socialmediaexaminer.com slash iTunes and first hit the subscribe button if you're not already subscribed. But also, if you wouldn't mind giving a rating and a review, that would be awesome. That's one of the ways our podcast gets discovered by other people, and it's a great way that you can share the love. This does bring us to the end of the Social Media Marketing podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll definitely be back next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world.
1: The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner.
0: Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter, we deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash getupdates.